You are listening to Ring Chasing Podcast, the podcast by Don Garrett. This podcast is about the pregame and postgame thoughts of Sanford Seminole High School football's quest for a state championship. That time again, kickoff classic in the air, and the game is tomorrow away at Edgewater. After this break, we're going to talk a little bit about the game, and we'll also talk a little bit about this year's schedule. All right, so let's talk about this year's schedule. So uh, this year's schedule, uh, arguably one of the toughest schedules in the state, and uh, since I've been around, so like I said, I moved to Florida. Those who know have listened to this podcast before in 2001. So since I, since 2001, I haven't seen a tougher schedule. There's really no days off on this schedule. Uh, every team you're playing is a tough team, and the bye comes at the end. So uh, this is a really tough schedule. So we start off with the kickoff classic, and that's an away game against Edgewater. And uh, before the whole redistricting, Edgewater was a 7-8 team that made it last year deep into the playoffs. Uh, The year before that, they were in the 7A state championship against St. Thomas Aquinas, who edged them out uh, and beat them. Uh, so Edgewater uh, coming in is, is a good team. They always have a, a quick team, and uh, they're usually a, a disciplined team. So first game in kickoff classic uh, is uh, against a tough team. And the first game that counts in the win-loss record will be a home game against Sarasota Riverview. And we played Sarasota Riverview last year, and they're a good team. They usually make it deep in the playoffs. Uh in in the eight A's where they were before the whole redistricting. So Sarasota Riverview is going to come in and they're going to come to play. Then the next game is an away game against Osceola, who we played in the state championship in 2020, and we ended up beating them. Uh, Osceola is always a powerhouse that comes out of Osceola County. So uh That is going to be an away game. Then we have a home game against Treasure Coast. They'll be coming to Sanford. Last year, they had a 10-2 record. The only two losses came from Apopka and a high-scoring Coco game. Then we have another home game after Treasure Coast, and that will be a district game against uh, Evans, who is new uh, in this whole 4M District 2, which we're playing in now. And it's going to be home against Evans, who is always uh, a good team out of Orlando. So we play that game at home. Then the next game is a trek. We're going to be going all the way to Venice, and that's an away game. And Venice was the 8A state champions last year. The year before that, they uh, played deep into the playoffs. Uh, and they were playing St. Thomas Aquinas and, and those teams like that. So Venice is uh, also ranked in uh, the national rankings as well. So that's going to also be a long trip, and then it's going to be to play against a good team. So everybody take your t- uh, request your day off from work so we can go down there to Venice and watch that game. 
Then we stay on the road to a team that uh, we've played a lot, uh, Apopka. So, and that's also going to be, that's a district game as well in the new district. So the new district has Evans, Apopka, Lake Brantley, and Lake Mary in our district. So uh, the 4M District 2 is what uh, district is called. So we go away to Apopka for that district game. And playing a popka is always a close game, and it's always a tough team. Then after that game, we have a home game against Coco. And Coco is a Brevard County team that uh, their program has been successful for a long time. Uh, they're always a tough game, and they have a lot of good athletes. So Coco is going to be right after Apopka, so go from the tough Apopka district game right into a home game against Coco. So the, there's no rest on this schedule. Then we have another away game after the Coco game at home, and it's going to be away at the land with our old friend Rick Darlington, who used to coach Apopka. He uh, came back from Alabama and he's uh, taking the head coach job at DeLand. It'd be interesting to see what kind of offense they're going to be running. Uh, it's always a tough game against uh, Rick Darlington coach team so uh, the DeLand game is another one that is going to be tough. After DeLand we have a home game another district game against Lake Brantley and uh, we always play Lake Brantley so we're used to them. If uh, we're looking on this schedule, uh, there's really no breaks in tough games. But if you're looking for a possible uh, Lake Brantley team, that will be a break. Uh, this year, they got some young players from last year that are going to uh, be better this year. So they're going to have a better team than last year. And our last game is an away game at Lake Mary. So the uh, Lake Mary game is going to be away this year. I uh, don't like the way visitor stands in Lake Mary because we always run out of room. But hopefully this year we will bring a lot of people again and uh, maybe we can ask them to switch sides. <laughs> so uh, Lake Mary's going to be away and uh, that's going to be the last game and then we have a bye. So as you can see, this is a tough schedule. There's really no breaks. Uh, the bye doesn't come until the end. So every game is going to be, uh, you just have to put your head down and uh, just concentrate on that one game because it's going to be a grueling schedule. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about rankings. I know Orlando Sentinel is not doing uh, the pick of games anymore and uh, the rankings also uh, is, is not done. So there's two that I'm going to talk about, uh, which is the Varsity Sports Network and uh, the Max Preps. So let's talk about the Varsity Sports Network rankings first. And these are preseason rankings, so rankings typically don't uh, mean a thing. But the reason that I want to talk about uh, the rankings is, is a couple reasons. So the first one, uh, as we talk about the Varsity Sports Network rankings, they have us first, uh, and this is for Central Florida. So they have us first, and then they have Edgewater, and then Coco, and then Jones, and then Apopka, and then Osceola and then Rockledge, and then Winter Park, Lake Mary, and then Mainland. So those are currently the top 10 rankings for Central Florida. 
Now, the reason I wanted to talk about that is because on these top 10 rankings, we play five of these teams. So we play Edgewater, Coco, Apopka, and Osceola, and Lake Mary. So as you can see, another reason that I said the schedule is tough is because in the top 10, we're playing five out of the top 10. And the second preseason rankings I wanted to talk about was the max preps. And the reason I wanted to talk about the max preps is because for the life of me, I can't figure out why the max preps has their preseason like this. So uh, when you look at the max preps uh, rankings for preseason for Florida, it has us at 13. Uh, but it also has Jones at 14 and Edgewater at 24. Now, the reason I bring up those two teams is now if you go to the max preps and you go to the national max preps rankings, uh, in the Florida state rankings, we rank higher at 13 than both Edgewater and Jones, who are at 14 and 24. And then, uh, but in the national rankings, uh, Edgewater is at 79 and Jones is at 91. So for the life of me, I can't figure out why if a team, if you're ranked ahead of a team in the state rankings, why you wouldn't be ahead of those teams in the national rankings. It just doesn't make sense. And since uh, we're going to use max preps for playoffs, and I know it's preseason, so uh, they don't have a lot of data to go with, but it's just uh, something that I'm going to keep an eye on through the season just because that's what they're going to use for playoffs, and it just doesn't make sense to me. So those are the two rankings I wanted to talk about, but like I said, preseason rankings don't mean anything. Uh, we're going into a kickoff classic, and the score from the kickoff classic is not going to mean anything, but I'm sure in uh, both of those rankings, the outcome of this game is going to mean something to that. So just something to keep an eye on that I usually like to keep an eye on. So let's talk about the kickoff classic game tomorrow against Edgewater. Uh, like I said, Edgewater's teams are always good. Uh, they're fast. Uh, they usually, their offense is both uh, on good on passing and running as well as their defense is good and they have pretty good special teams. Now, because they haven't played anyone and uh, outside of that, you can't really say how this team's going to be uh, until uh, we actually see them, but uh, that's how their teams usually are. So I'm going to talk about a couple of uh, kids on Edgewater that uh, you're going to want to keep an eye on. So the first player I want to talk about on Edgewater is Cedric Baxter. He's a running back, and he is the number two running back in the country, depending on which uh, scouting service you look at. Uh, he had 53 offers, but he committed to Texas. He has 1,820 yards last year and 24 touchdowns. So as you can see, uh, Edgewater's running game is going to be good. So that's one thing we're going to have to stop. The next player I want to talk about on Edgewater is their tight end, Camp McGee. He is 6'6 six, six and 210 pounds. He had 12 offers but committed to Northwestern. So uh, he is a big target and uh, he can move real good. Edgewater's quarterback is Chase Carter. 
he threw for 855 yards and 13 touchdowns last year. Next one I want to talk about is Samaj Fleming. So he is an athlete. He's 2025 class. Uh, he is a fast kid. He They use him for kickoff return, punt return. He's a defensive back. So he, they can pretty much put him all around the field. So uh, that's another weapon that they have. Then up front on both offense and defense, they have uh, Vincent Bursay, who is 6'2", uh, 260 pounds, and he's defensive tackle and guard. So that's just some of the prospects they have on their team. Like I said, it's going to be a good game. Uh, they're athletic on both sides of the ball. I think the key of the game is what we're going to want to do is we're going to want to stop Cedric Baxter from running. Uh, if we can stop him from running and force them to beat us with the pass is how it really looks on paper, uh, especially since their quarterback uh, only threw... 855 yards last year and 13 touchdowns so uh that's how it really looks on paper but like i said uh, the game things might change so it should be a great game as far as on offense i think especially in this game it's going to be balanced right so uh edgewater uh is is going to match us in speed and uh so we're going to want to be balanced on offense and then just take what they give us uh uh, we have a great running game, and we have a great passing game as well. So uh, we just got to take what their defense is going to give us, and I, I think we're going to find if we do that that uh, we'll, we'll be good. So uh, that's going to be the big keys that I think for this game. Definitely a game that everybody's going to want to come out to and watch. Uh, if you can't come out, I believe they're streaming it, too, on the Varsity Sports Network. So uh, that's another way you can see it. Uh, this year, I think every game's a must-win game just because the way the schedule is. Uh, this is the kickoff classic, but uh, it's going to be a kickoff classic against a great team. So uh, right off the bat, it's going to be a challenge. So uh, everyone should uh, watch the game. Uh, first game kickoff classic and then we go right into the season so i think that's all i have for this podcast and like i said I want to thank everyone for listening uh there's going to be a few different things this season and i'll t- probably talk about that in the next uh podcast but uh this is the pregame, and then after the game we will i'll have a post game uh probably coming out sunday so thanks everyone for listening and if you can share share